right, the next part, tutors, those who are in other realms to mentor you. So it's just not Yahweh and it's just not Jesus. I remember the first time Jesus introduced me to somebody, I was like, uh-uh, nope. And Jesus was like, well, uh, I actually want them to teach you, so I'm not going to tell you this, you need to learn it from them. And it took me quite a while to actually just like relax and say, okay, because I was a little freaked out because I'm like, only Jesus, because there's some <laughs> bad mojo in places that, uh, and there's some beings that are not reconciled yet. And obviously, we, none of us want to be deceived. So uh, it, it took quite a process to do that. And then once opened up, and I will tell you, I have, um, almost every being or person or whatever, some of these things I'm going to share to you, I, I would say like 99% of them, they have come to me. There's some that I've put, uh, I've heard about and I was like, hey, I have an intent to do that. But then, even then, the Lord Yahweh, Jesus, brought them to me. So I didn't go out and pursue them. Remember? tree of knowledge of good and evil reaches out and grabs where the tree of life says you are my sustenance I will sit and rest in your shade and wait for you All right. so I'm just going to mention some of these some of you are actually already dealing with these on that so I already talked about fruit the nine fruit of the spirit they're actually mentors their beings, their living, their frequency. And so you can actually engage and learn about them. And so uh, I have been, some I know more than others, some I actually uh, have access to at any time I want to on that. Another one I call uh, ancients. So those are people that have gone before. They could be relatives. They could be uh, famous figures that you know or people that you just meet. And they want to share something with you. And remember, they're like grandparents. They want to invest in you. They want to partner with you. And all of these things, how do you like not get uh, deceived? Well, go back to fruit of the spirit. What's the fruit saying to you? All right, ever-living ones. Now those are people that transitioned. They did not die. They kept their body and they moved back and forth. Uh, and Enoch was uh, the main one to start that. I don't know if he actually started it, but that I know of anyway. And so they're a little bit different because they did not die. On that. So there's um, two ancients that I work with and have gotten to know over the last few years and yeah, just kind of interesting. I know some of my acquaintances or teachers, they've met them in the flesh. I probably have, but at this point I can't say that I've reached out and touched them even though they could manifest. That's a longer story. Beings. There's other things besides angels and they're unique and the first time I like encountered one I was like whoa that freaking me out because it was so different from an angel or a, a human type being in the spirit and I'm I'm actually learning I know there's other beings but I'll just be honest like I'm dealing with one or two and 
I'm learning how to deal with them and to interact and have, it's a different type of relationship. Remember, everything's relationship. It's not about action, action, we want action. It's about, it's about relationship and it comes out of rest on that. Angels, okay, that's a big one. So I'd say that's where I started. I met my first angel uh, when, when I was a fundamentalist pastor. Freaked me out. And actually, I'm sorry, let me back up. I didn't meet my angel that I knew of. The angel actually gave me something and I interacted with that. It was years later that I realized it was an angel because my framework as a fundamentalist pastor didn't allow for me to interact with angels, so I couldn't see it. It was that simple. Actually gave me my sword, and which I've carried and used uh, since then. And by the way, a sword in heaven you don't use the same way, by the way, so on that. And there's all sorts of different layers of angels that do all sorts of different stuff. So don't think they're all the same. Uh, even your own angels. So get to know them. Uh, you start with one or two. And, you know, there's a color. They've worked with people before you here in this realm. They have certain frequency they carry. They do certain things. They act certain ways. They might touch you and interact with you in a certain way so that you know things. They're meant to help you on that. And there's something also called the cloud of witnesses or uh, men in white. And when I say men, it means men and women. Those are people of, of ancient spiritual people who've gone before us. So those are just some language terms I use. Other people use different ones. Again, we're just, I'm bringing it down into English, into a language and a framework. You're gonna call them something different. I'm just trying to describe them for you. So there's Yahweh. Yahweh expresses himself, herself <laughs> in three. Father, Son, and Spirit which Holy Spirit, if you actually look in scripture, is female. So it kind of makes sense. And out of then that expression, you'll see the seven spirits of God. And you'll see this all sorts of places. The one, the three, the seven, uh, the twelve, uh, the nine. They, all these have significant meanings on that. So. I've already talked to you about courts, and when I'm going into court for something, I ask the seven spirits of God to mentor me in that place. They are my advisors. And I don't rush, if it's a big one, there's some things I just know how to do and I just do it. But there's other ones where I, I'm, I'm a little, hmm, I need to pause, I don't know, understand. And that's where I just take a pause and I ask the seven spirits, and they're all a little bit different. I'm gonna describe those to you. And the other one is, the seven spirits, uh, the menorah, which is the seven candlesticks, however that looks, can't do it with my hands, uh, from the Jewish culture. So just think of the menorah. There are six and there's a center one, which is seven. And the spirit of the Lord is the ever flowing oil. So it never ran out in the seven. And so seven is the rainbow. So the originality of all these things is amazing and beautiful. So uh, let me name them off. So you have red, which is spirit of the Lord, and orange, which is spirit of wisdom, yellow, which is spirit of understanding, green, which is spirit of counsel, blue, which is spirit of might, uh, indigo is a 
best language to use for that maybe and that is the spirit of knowledge and the last one violet is a spirit of the fear or spirit of the awe of the Lord awe awe and so as those come up through the foundational one or on each end the circle but the foundational one red is the ever-living for the other ones and the spirit of wisdom that's part of the seven I believe I could be wrong is not the same as a spirit of wisdom that you see in Revelation okay same name different being and again these are beings that operate and we talked about this in the temple also all right so uh, I need to just say right here so much of this other people open the doors and gates for me and one of those is Ian Clayton on this one so I'm just gonna read to you a few of the things that are unique about the seven spirits so spirit of the Lord which is red and they uh, mandate us for position teaches us how to see the reality of the dimensions of the kingdom around the throne room teaches us about bringing divine order and divine justice out of heaven and how to exert it here on the face of the earth. Now you're going to see some interactions because truly uh, some interplay because a rainbow isn't seven distinct colors it's a spectrum on that so there's obviously overlapping and there's actually tons of colors intermixed in all that. So second one, spirit of wisdom which is orange equips us for our position. It teaches us how to judge and bring justice. It teaches us what to do in the realm of rulership as a son. Now there's more that they do. I'm just kind of giving you a brief on this. The spirit of understanding, which is yellow. What's interesting is the spirit of wisdom and spirit of understanding like are very related. Also, spirit of wisdom and understanding take on a more female attribute where the dark uh, the green and the, um, I'm sorry, the um, blue and the indigo and that end take on more of the male uh, expression on that. The spirit of understanding authorizes us for position, teaches us where to and how to access the realm of God. It helps us decipher revelation and visions. And some of you have asked me, like, oh, I don't know how to do this. And again, you don't have to see these things. Just step in. And ask say spirit of understanding I need help I had a dream and I am waiting in patience resting under the tree of life for you to drop the answer into my lap uh, instruction teaches us how to perceive teach and how to view and how to inform inform others about the realm of the kingdom so right now I need the spirit of wisdom because I am communicating there's a frequency coming from me to you all right the spirit of counsel green it prepares us for position it teaches us how to access the counsels of God oh my goodness love the counsels teaches us how to commune with God and how to obtain his advice pretty cool huh uh, instructs us in the function of different council chambers of God teaches us about the Trinity of God and their role in our lives. The expression of Yahweh as Father, Son, and Spirit. Spirit of Might, which is blue, it reveals us for position. And by the way, you, you think might and you think 
Arr. Man, getting to know these things, you got to throw everything out and start from scratch. You teach me who you are. Like we use the word might, in other words, power, but what is it really? It teaches us about the council chamber of war. I go there a lot. It teaches us about the heavenly places of God and where we are seated there. Do you know you're seated more than one place? You are, yes. And I've already mentioned some. You have a throne. Hmm. You're seated in Jesus at the right hand of the Father because you're a brother of Jesus and you're an exact duplicate son of Yahweh. That doesn't mean you're El Elohim. You're not the God, the Holy of Holies, the Lord of Hosts, but you're an exact duplicate. You are a child, just as you are a child of a female and a male when they came together. You are a duplicate, unique, but a duplicate of them. Spirit of knowledge, which is indigo, it empowers us for position, teaches us how to access the knowledge of God and to apply the knowledge around you and teaches us how to meditate oh, and to receive divine insights and revelation, visions, visitations, dreams, and through circumstances and how to bring that to bear on the earth. Very powerful. I hold the spirit of knowledge with actually quite a bit of awe because um, it's easy, that one's, that one's easy to slip into the knowledge of good and evil because there's some similarities there, but a whole different base and frequency. All right, the last one. And I've just really gotten to know the spirit of the fear of the Lord within the last year and just really learning to love and value this spirit. And it brings accountability for position. It brings understanding of the awe, wonder, majesty, and might, and dominion of the person of God. And so it's not about a fear of, I'm scared of them. It's an awe and wonder of those things. So those are going to be your main ones. And as I've said before, I believe Jesus, when he was at the River Jordan, heaven came down and spoke. Some people thought it was thunder. Some people heard the voice. Interesting. Same frequency, different interpretation based on their framework. Hmm. When it said, this is my son and who I'm well pleased, what that was saying from a Roman context is the seven spirits of God the seven counselors that were assigned to Jesus are now saying he has completed his training. And recently I've learned that each, I don't know what you know, the language uh, levels, that uh, it's not a one and done. I didn't like, woo, boom, I arrived. It's, it's like I have matured. And then recently the Lord's taken me to this other level. And it's kind of freaking me out, honestly. And I realized like, oh, I need to go back to the seven spirits and say, I am putting myself under your tutelage. I am at a place now that I don't know how to be the king that I am in this space and place and in this region of the spirit realm that I'm now in. 
because I've graduated from one to the next one. And so I've gone back and said, put me under your tutelage again. Here's a section I'm putting at the end because it's a single story and it needs quite a bit of context. So we're just gonna call this story time with Grandpa Kim. And so yes, I am a grandfather, uh, three kids. And at this point, I've got three grandkids, so I love it. So this is gonna be a little bit different. And I felt like when, uh, again, I don't remember who it was, said, uh, tell them the story that I'm gonna tell you. I was like, mm, oh, okay, but it's gonna take a bit. So. The reason I feel like I'm supposed to tell you this story is, let me, I'll just read the verse to you. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and sat him in the midst of them. Some versions say, you know, sat him on his lap. And he said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as a little child, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So a couple pieces of context there. One is, it's the kingdom of heaven. That, that's a certain realm. It's not saying you're not going to, you know, ever get to God. That's not what that's saying. It's saying there's a realm you're not going to get to. And it says you must become as a child. And so people say, oh, a child's simple and, you know, kind of innocent and they don't know these things. And it's like, well, those things are true. However, it has a huge context, which I'm going to get into for you. And why? Because so much of this hearing, seeing, sensing, operating, you have to do this. You have to die to all this mental framework, logic, the Greeks did not do a good job when it came to the spirit realm. They basically cut that whole piece off and said, if I can't see, feel, and touch it, therefore it's not. And so we've come out of that framework and we're now learning to move into this one. And so people are fearful. They think, oh my gosh, if I turn off my brain, I'm just going to be nothing. You are not your brain. <laughs> Hello? Uh, your brain is beautiful. Your thinking, your logic are beautiful, but they come under your spirit. It was never meant to lead. So, here's the context of the story. And I am actually reading uh, from a book called The Search by Dr. Ron Charles. And this story I'm about to read to you, I'm just I'm not saying it's totally true. I'm just saying there's research here that he found, and I'm sharing it with you. Remember, really, the Bible is just, it's gateways, like enter into the story. So I'm not going to die over this one and say, oh my gosh, it's true. Listen to the context of the story, and it's going to open things up. And if you are just love reading the Bible and understanding the context, especially, <laughs> this book, wow, I love it. So I love reading the Bible. I love getting the context and understanding. And I've been to a couple seminaries, I don't know, two or three seminaries, like whatever. And I'm telling you, this is worth as much or more than all of that stuff. Um, and when you understand about who he is and what he did, um, 
it'll make more sense to you. But, so here's the story. He context Ron is traveling around um, gathering bits and fragments of information. So there's all sorts of stuff that's out there but is stuck in libraries, it's not published, that you can't get on the internet, hello, um, Siri's not going to answer it for you, that aren't out there. And so Ron spent, I think it was like 30 or 40 years traveling, finding these bits and snippets in these remote places. It's miraculous. I love it. And Anyway, so this is a story he found in uh, a museum in Brussels, Belgium, called the, I don't even, can't even say it, the Quintanterine Museum. And there was some paintings done by this guy, Salius of Tormina, who was the 14th century. And he did 11 paintings called uh, The Daily Life of the Savior. And each one was a different activity. And one of them was named Becoming Ta, T-A. And so he didn't understand the context of it, so then he goes and asks the curator and says, hey, what is about this? And he says, well, actually it's in our archives. So he talks to him and tells him what he's doing. He says, all right, you can go down to the archives and we'll give you one hour to do research on this painting. And uh, 400 years later, a Dr. Jensen Giazzoni of Verona had written a reference about this painting, and he did that in 1851. So you get in this, there's a lot of different little pieces here. So he explained the biblical context. And in the King James, which I just read to you, and in most translations, it says a little child. But actually, if you go to the Greek, it can mean, and Aramaic, it can mean something different, a ta. And a ta was a handicapped or a mentally afflicted person. It was usually described as a mongoloid child or somebody with Down syndrome. And again, people from all over the world are watching this. I'm not sure what your terminology would be for that. So, and in the uh, Greek culture, especially in Galilee, they were the ones that washed the feet. It was the lowest thing you could do. It was the most demeaning of task. The second thing a ta was, where they were sex slaves because there was tons of brothels all over Galilee at the time. And the name became used in that culture is taism, and I, I might not be saying it right, but it meant one cursed with ta because they felt that they were generally happy people and didn't hold grudges and just did their work and they were meaningless and you could do anything to a ta child and there was no repercussions they weren't considered a real human being there was no ego they were without facade. There was no worldly ambition in them. They couldn't be offended no matter the insult or the degradation. So and if you know some children that are Down syndrome or Ta, you can understand this. So now take that picture 
and his disciples are saying, who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be at the top? And Jesus takes a ta child, a Down syndrome, a handicap, one who wasn't even considered to be human, one that did the vilest things that were abused and sat, I don't know exactly how it worked, I haven't gone in and looked, I get to see a few things, and sat him and say, unless you become as a ta, you're not going to be able to see the kingdom of heaven. And as I just spent time meditating on this and moving this into my soul, how much of my life and how many different things I want to be something, I want to be recognized, I want to, I need my rights. But the Lord says, unless you become like this person, like this, didn't Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he not only did communion, he washed their feet at multiple points. He said, I am going to become like the ta, like the nothing, joyfully unoffendable to serve. And from that place, and I can tell you so many times in my life when I have chosen to die to myself and said, I don't even need to hear you, Lord. I don't need another word. I don't need anything from you. I just want to be with you. I just want your presence. I don't care what anyone else thinks. I want you. I don't want the work of your mighty hand, even though that's beautiful. I want to know the depths of your heart. That's dying to yourself. And the moments and the times I've done that, it's so freeing. And I can tell you, what I get in return from that, I wouldn't trade it with the world. I don't share so many things because it's too intimate, it's too precious to me. And I'm sharing this because He wants that with you. He has things that He wants to share with you that He won't share with anyone on the planet or even in history forever. That's how big He is. So there's, <sighs> I don't care what I look like, story time with Grandpa Kim. So I just bless you as you receive and you become the little child to sit on his lap, whatever that looks like. Shalom, my friends. <laughs>